The reason why nobody's around me is because I'm so awesome. Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It is lunchtime in Rome. Tonight is episode 127, entitled, When We're Alone. We've been talking a lot about being alone, how and why it happens, and what it does to us. However, what happens when you feel alone? What do you do with that? What should, and more importantly, should you not do once you've felt alone? That's what we'll be talking about tonight. Pull up a chair at the table and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and if you can, give us a five-star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? No matter who you are, at some point in time in your life, you will feel alone. Being alone is as bad as anything gets. If things are great but you feel alone, they're not as good as they could be. And if things are bad and you're alone, well, things just got so much worse. There is a Bible verse, Romans 12, 15, which states, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from feeling alone and what this podcast is all about. Each week we go over what's good or bad in our lives, along with some food talk, to model that rejoicing and mourning. Then we hit the main topic. So while it may not be 1215 in Rome, we're treating it like it is lunchtime in Rome. Uh, man, it is good to be with you guys tonight. Thursday night Dino, for Thursday. the podcast. <laughs> Tom uh, Bray, Eric Hammond. Yeah, it's me. Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay and Dallas playing tonight. That's fun. Um, and uh, so I like to start out with my bad for the week. Um, I am exhausted. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Maggie, what are you, a parent or something? Uh, man, Maggie has continued her... Uh, waking up in the middle of the night or extremely nice, early morning. Nice. And uh, right now we've applied the Band-Aid of me going in mm. and sleeping next to her. We're getting to the we're – we're going to be getting to the next phase. Like, this is where we are right now, and it's fine. Rage works, man. Scare them. <laughs> Don't make me come back in one more time. <laughs> I makes them feel alone. But yeah, right. Scared. Um, they're, too young, they're too young to remember that. And there stuff. is like there is that kind of bittersweet like I, like there is that like I'm the protector. I'm I'm Dada, you know. Like and she she knows. I feel like she knows that and that she's safe when I'm right there. So there is that like part of it. But there's also the man. I man like in the middle of the day, like I am like crashing hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and like right now, like all I want to do is go to bed. Um. Which shows you how much I love doing this with you guys. Um, so that's the bad. Like I'm just, I'm just so, I'm, I'm just so tired. Um, and that affects everything. Everything, everything. Um, I, I, but I do appreciate that I'm not irritable because, because mm. I have been that tired before. But sure. like right now, I'm like, whatever. It's the season Too that tired we're to be in. Irritable. Yeah, like it, you know, it's that just, should make me mad. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is very much like this is the season that we're in, and I'm owning it. Whatever. Um, my good this week is fantasy sports. Wow. Um, I I know, but I'm I'm just glad to see sports coming back. You know, I had the 
the Tampa Bay uh, Dallas game on um, right before the show started, and it was just good to see the stadium full of people and mm-hmm. and you know people out and about and watching football and like that's that's a lot of fun. Um, and I'm in two fantasy football leagues this year, and then I'm also in a, a hockey dynasty, which is Oof. like it's intense. What is that? So dynasty is where I mean you basically run a team a fantasy team it's a fantasy team but like there's 32 teams in the league that i'm in wow and you have to have a minimum of 20 players maximum of 23 so like we're basically drafting the nhl like it's so you're drafting some people well it's not even well well, let me back up it's not even drafting it's auctioning oh you're auctioning too oh gosh so like the way it works is don't go too deep down this rabbit hole I'm not. There's a forum, and you bid on a player, and that bid is good for 24 hours. If nobody bids you up after that 24 hours, that player is yours. At that price. Exactly. For that many years. Maximum of four years. But, like, people bid pe- people up all the time. People bid people up just to try to max out that salary, you know. Because you, you only have so many dollars to spend so on many your dollars team. To spend. So, like, this auction is going to last for, like, Oh, forever <laughs> until the, until the season starts, and then there's the trading. You know, so it's like it's not even like so it's very involved, um, and you have to keep your player year after year after year. You have to keep your team. It's not like you lose all the players. You don't. So you might take a rookie who isn't going to be very good now, but it might be better later rather than well, a veteran and, who. Well, and we had a, a separate rookie draft before the, sure, the auction. Of course, you so would. Like, so like it's, but it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I'm excited about it. The, the, the guy that runs it is is a, a big part of uh, 3DR. He's one of the, an actuary. The 3D 3D respawn guys. I don't know what that means. Actuary. Oh, it's like a numbers guy. Like a no, he's not. He's not. He is a. Uh, I don't even special agent for the Georgia Bureau of. Investigation. Uh, so he says. Right. Um, it's good cover for being an actuary. <laughs> but what's good about that is, and I celebrate it with you, is that it is a great escape. It is. Like, it's, it's, can it's, you make Can and, you make Maggie go to sleep when she doesn't want to go to sleep? No. But right. I can auction off. I can I can get that guy and build my team. And right. Okay, I did that. Right. And I've been looking for an escape this week because I just I'm just tired. I'm, yeah. I'm exhausted. I don't want to see everything that's in the news. No. And. It's been really fun, Gosh, and I'm enjoying it. So there is that. No uh, food? Um, you know what I've been doing is, so Jay, you, uh, man, you made me some breakfast sausage, which has been delicious. But well, my, I mean, you paid me. Right, but still. Yeah. It's better than any breakfast sausage you're going to buy in the store. No. But my favorite thing is I put it in the night before in the sous vide. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it is ready. It's perfect. So do you not even sear it? No. Just right in. Just 145 in the sous vide. Cut it open. Bob's your uncle. Oh, man. It's so, dude, it's so good. You put like a little, oh, you're not doing ketchup, are you? Not not so much. I will do ketchup, but not for this. I will right. do like cheese. I could put like a little, yeah, sure, little sure. mix them like a little bite of cheese and a little yeah, yeah. sausage. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Nice. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. It is. <clears throat> well, Jay's breakfast sausage is really good. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you also just brought in some uh, of your homemade new concoction of the uh, barbecue sauce. It did. I had a pinky full, and it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my new thing. Not that it's my turn, but when I sous vide now, 
and so that you're vacuum sealing the meat well then there's all that juice mm-hmm. well you can do with the juice so i made with the beef i made for church i reduced it down into a gelatin uh <laughs> by mistake and threw it away but with the ribs that i made mm-hmm. uh, country style ribs which were on sale post labor day uh, i took that out and i made like that barbecue which eric rightfully pointed out is a perfect baked bean recipe mm-hmm. oh man dude award-winning yeah wow. guarantee it and i don't even like baked beans and he doesn't even give out awards, but he's giving out one. I am right now. Uh, so we talked about your food. Um, <laughs> let's talk about my, I'll go with my good. Uh, I have like a kind of a potpourri of oh. different things. Um, and I'll just name them. Disc golf, swimming, looking at the stars, my kids loving school, and hockey playoffs. Now, been real, just been watching a lot of disc golf. Um, uh, did you watch this for the last weekend's tournament? Mm-hmm. Did you see the last round? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Very very good. Oh my gosh! Don't say anything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than that kind of television. Oh, ah. so good. I'm just I'm so grateful to be able to play the game and to be able to. I actually snuck in nine holes at Monroeville tonight. I was going from my chiropractor to Sam's. Like, Why and not? I was like, that's awesome. I could do it in like half an hour. As long as you don't lose a disc, it's twenty five tops. Yeah. So I well, it's funny because I was I didn't lose a disc, but there was this other guy who like I'm on hole three down that fairway mm-hmm. and this other guy just comes walking up beside me and he's like, I lost my disc. I'm just looking for it. You can keep playing. So I helped him try to find it. Aww. For like nice. five for like five minutes and then we, we both gave up and like he turns around and he's like, Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, that so that was great. Um, I still have my pool open. I'm still swimming. I still love it. Like it's and it's still like super. Um, it's it's been a really good summer as far as the maintenance of it goes. Maybe not the best um, weather, weather summer, right? But it's been a nice maintenance summer for that pool, and I'm just still enjoying swimming. With that, like Sunday night, we had um, I, I you know it's a great view of the stars when the sky's clear. We were over at Eric over here at your house on Sunday night for a fire, and it was the stars ended up coming out. And I got this app; it's called Stellarium, and it's been really fun to watch that. You put it up at the sky, so just so many really good things. My kids are doing well in school; they're both really enjoying the classes, especially this year because it's different for them because it's not sitting there behind a computer watching while the teacher also teaches to the computer. You know, they're having lab. Um, Ethan's in video production, which he's really liking. Oh, he's nice! T- that is cool. He's loving biology so they're having a great great school year so far and then um tomorrow night i have my hockey playoffs um at murraysville so i'm excited about that the bad i'm just gonna go general and big picture and it could you could take it however you want i'm just tired of lies i'm tired of i'm tired mm. of i'm tired of leaders lying to us yeah. uh, i'm tired of all the deception i'm tired of like just not being treated like an adult uh and then you know just having to build a reality on just damn lies mm-hmm. um I'm really tired of the lack of self-awareness and critical thinking by other people. You walk out in, in society and you just see people that are just absolutely in their own little world of hurt and and ignorance. And it's really, really tough to see how things are just um, isolating. No critical thinking, man. Ah, just true. critical thinking. Uh sheets tonight for my food um i had what's called a sheets bowl i've called it that alexis has called it that um but in the spirit of carnivore um i wanted to get something that was you know all all carnivore all protein yeah i did cheat a little tiny bit with the tater tots but i ate like five of them tater tots as bella says um swedish dish go on so but so I, i got a a chicken sub a hot chicken sub 
without the bread and like double everything else nice. egg cheese uh, uh, bacon good. yeah so it was like seventeen dollars and fifty cents. But <laughs> a um, lot of ways you can do that. I, I can make you that for three fifty-five. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> not as fast and uh, and or convenient. I came from I came from Sam's. I came from Disc Golf. So I was like, I just need to get something before uh, Pod. So that's my good, bad, and food. Although that is good if you're in a if you're in a bind, <clears throat> I do appreciate that because like there are times when we're out and it is tough if you're doing carnivore. It is tough to like find. Oh, no, you can't eat up. I mean, you can, but it's hard to eat something. You can't quick. Yeah. Right. Nothing quick. Well, Amy and I were just at a restaurant last night, Heartwood Restaurant in Whispers Pub. You guys have been there. And I got the filet, which, man, so good. Mm. But then the sides were the sides. It was like mashed potatoes and asparagus. And I was like, I don't want that. Just give me a side of shrimp. He was like, I can't do that. And this, the, the waiter was awesome. His name was Jordan. He was great. Good job, like, Jordan. He was like, we just can't do that. And I was like, well... And there was like a long pause, and then Jen, Amy's cousin, was like, "Well, I'll take. Can, I, can he get a double order of asparagus and then just put a order of shrimp on the side?" And he said, "Yeah, that's fine." I was like, "Let's do that." And that's what I did. So I had a fillet and shrimp, and it was great. It was right. It was awesome. But it's like it's it's kind of aggravating when you can't just just mm-hmm. put something on the side. Well, it's like breakfast, lunch. It's it's you know it's it's breakfast food. You got to go omelet. You got to do whatever else mm-hmm. for dinner. It's either steak and a million dollars, or if you get away with it, wings, which are consequently anymore, a million dollars. Right. Yeah. So, price. yeah. It's yeah. pretty tough. I mean, you can, again, you can get a chicken breast. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to buy something that I can cook better at right. home. And pay triple for it. Right. Exactly. Right. And you know it ain't real right. chicken. Like, mm-hmm. it was, right. you know, it's probably mostly animal. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, in regards to your bad about the lack of critical thinking and everybody's life, just everybody's out there and whatever else, little spoiler alert where the podcast is going the next few weeks, mm. uh, we're looking going to be looking at a little thing we like to call mass formation. Oh, I like and that. And how these days have driven more and more people to feel alone yep. and destructive ways they have looked to not be alone, Man. which is the topic for this evening. <laughs> It's funny because I didn't even know that's where we were going, and I'm really excited about it. But yeah. before I didn't even run it past you guys, <laughs> I but know you I have a pretty good license to do that. Yeah, you and do. I think I didn't think I'd have to convince you. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> we may have to rein it back a couple times, sure, but maybe not. Anyhow, for right. me personally, uh, my good is almost bad, and that is Sunday mm. I preached once again about why all the setbacks, mm. and it's all a function of hey, if you're doing good stuff, the enemy doesn't want you to do good stuff. So of course, there's going to be setbacks. And I have received so many setbacks uh, this week. None of them catastrophic. None of them major. And I believe not to become <laughs> paranoid or overly spiritual. But it's like when, when your 99-year-old great-great-grandmother dies, you don't get a lot of sympathy. Mm, because, right. well, she lived a good life. Right. You know where she is in a better place mm-hmm. and, and all that. Well, same thing when like minor things go wrong. You're not getting a lot of run for mm-hmm. that from a comfort or sympathy standpoint, you know. And so that's I've had a lot of those things happen this week. But why I'm saying it's good is I have been given the opportunity with each one to a experience it, b be comforted through it, and then c go. Oh, I see. You can't preach about setbacks and spiritual attacks, and then be like, I should be fine this week. You got you got to keep it real. Of course it's going to happen. Yep. And mm-hmm. so you see it. Okay, I can't deny it. I can't just be like, well, God's in charge. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, all right, this sucks. 
find somebody who's going to give you some comfort or sympathy, and then you move on to the next one. So, and my good is bad, and my bad is good this week. So, my bad, well, I do have one bad, but even that's good. Um, I, I think I've already shared with you guys, but I'll share with the uh, the podcast universe, the table. everybody at the table, uh, that I got an email Saturday, uh, first time in 25 years of coaching, that I was accused of being racist, mm. which either I am such a racist that I kept it under wraps for 25 years Mm -hmm. coaching two sports at times three seasons including junior high 20 players per team so that is an average of 50 a year if you add in the junior high well you're also a very private individual who never ventures out into the community never put my thoughts out there no (laughs) no my life is pretty closed like a closed book (laughs) but and and i say that to say it's a negative because you don't want to be accused of that also by the way that that followed we're not good coaches yeah. So their theory was that. Oh, it's double. That, right. The, one of the reasons why I'm not a good coach. But it was said respectfully at the end, right? Or, well, or, no, it said they didn't want to be rude. Oh, right. Yeah. Good for them. So we set up a meeting. Um, I you know, I talked to my athletic director, the superintendent, and said, how serious do you want me to take this? Hey, let's take this very seriously. Because it, it is a yep. serious you gotta, accusation. you got to go a formal, serious route. So I said, we'd like to have a sit down with you, your daughter, the athletic director. Mind you, none of this comes from the daughter. The daughter is a joy to coach. Sure. Yeah. Joy. Yeah. And Joy's strong. She's fine. All right, so um, see that's me being real again. But uh, so, mother, daughter, athletic director, both coaches. We want to sit down because we take threats like this very seriously. Mm-hmm. So I sent that Tuesday. Said, hey, can we meet together Wednesday? Today is Thursday. I got an email. I don't think a meeting is in order. I just wanted to view my thoughts. You wanted to can view, you view? Can you view your thoughts? My concerns. My concerns. Can you my view concerns. your concerns? Thoughts are right. Uh, I will be doing that. Uh, I've already drafted 62 emails in my head. Um, I'm still going to run them up the chain to make sure I don't, mm-hmm. you know, do anything I shouldn't do. Yeah. So on the one hand, it's bad because you don't want to be called a racist. Sure. Uh, because by the way, the, the theory was the girls aren't playing very smart, and so I'm not coaching the intellectual side because they're black and I'm not. Was the actual threat? Or excuse me, accusation. Wow. So it's not only am I a racist, I'm a racist who thinks black people can't learn. Wow. Uh, right, I mean, and there's a lot of evidence for that with all of the players that I've had go on to play in college. Point of story is this: <laughs> it was great to have people rally around, and the fact that I'm handling it above reproach, except talking about it on a podcast, but I didn't name names. So that's sort of like a subtweet, and those are all harmless. Um, Makes me so mad, though. My Makes other, me so mad for you. My other, thank unbelievable. You. Thank you. Yeah. My, my other bad thing was uh, my second tick of the summer. Mm. I felt like I had like maybe a pimple in the back of my leg and a place I couldn't really reach. And so I reached around the side, had like a little head on it. So I'm like, I'll just pop it or whatever. And then I looked under my fingernail after I scratched the head off and it was the world's tiniest tick. Yeah. Hmm. So after we saw the world's biggest tick. Yeah. Down in North Carolina, this one would have been 50, 50 of those to, to match that one. But I didn't immediately call the doctor this time. So we're just taking a look at it. No bullseye. It is a little swollen, whatever else. I'll be fine. Sure. And my food item was not the sous vide. You brought that up. My food I brought is, your barbecue up. I went barbecue to, sauce. true, I went to the uh, Verona Farmer's Market like I do whenever yeah. I can on Thursdays, which is tough being a carnivore. Um, but I love a nice lope, and that's a good canta lope. It's a they good have lope. really good shrimp down there that they, yeah, they pour the, right the out of the sea, right? beef is unbelievable. Yeah. It's great. But um, they, it's a good low glycemic fruit, so I support them because I always love to support farmer's markets. So I'll buy onions and whatever else. No mm-hmm. lopes. Oh, the last lope was gone like an hour before I got there. So what Good. did I buy? 
<laughs> Eric is a very antelope. Uh, I am an antelope. <laughs> antelope. He's a lopist. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so I uh, very quickly my phone looked up and I was pretty sure it was that cabbage is in fact a very low glycemic and it's good fiber, which I've been needing some fiber. Yeah. So I was uh, flying around the house making Rachel upset because I was so busy trying to get out the door making myself some slaw. Oh, oh. yeah. Vinegar based? Uh, no, no, no. Mayo. Okay. I like a mayo slaw. Me too. I don't mind a vinegar based. But I was, you know. <sighs> well, well, I guess mayo is mayo is a little fine. egg, baby. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I love some coleslaw, man. I do. I do love a mayo based over vinegar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in cutting it, it was such a fresh farm cabbage. Yeah. It, I mean, it was like when you eat cabbage, then you sort of smell the sulfur later, kind of a thing. But this was like. Man, and sometimes when you smell like sulfur, you feel alone. <laughs> yes, you do. You do. And you know what? What does one that comes from hell. do? We've been talking a lot lately about feeling alone. I mean, that's what this podcast is all about. I said that in the open. Yeah. And very often, you know, we, we mentioned it, but in the past month, we've really been looking at what does it mean to be alone? What is it... Um, how do we become alone? Why do certain people make us feel alone? And tonight, we want to take a look at really in-depth, and by in-depth, I mean eh, 20 minutes, what not to do. What do people do when they feel alone that they shouldn't do? And then, okay, you're out there and you feel alone. What can you do to make it better? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will gladly kick this off you know, and just honestly, transparently and vulnerable here. Um, I keep what I keep myself. What, what are we talking about? What it's do talking we about? Do? What do we do right and wrong personally yeah. when so, we feel alone or historically? Let me go individually. With, let me go with the right side of things. Um, I realized a while back. And this is I don't know, fifteen years ago. Uh, the, the the expression the idle minds the devil's playground. Mm. And uh, so one of the reasons I I'm such a an active busy person you know i think some some of it's just my nature and my energy but i i realize that when i'm idle when i'm just you know i don't have a focus i don't have a thing um it's not good for me Mm. um so and, and and i think that i i'm a very lonely person in a weird way like um because I think so much of my quest to do things comes from that sense of loneliness. So it forces me to be a social person. It forces me to, which is all fine. Mm -hmm. That's who I am. But deep down, like there's that, uh, like I've told you before, sitting up at my pool by myself sometimes, like that's some of the loneliest times I feel, Mm -hmm. which is weird. So I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's perfectly normal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but but I recognize it. And so when I'm, when I'm doing things healthy, I'm doing this, I'm, uh, you know, playing hockey, I'm doing a you know a bunch of different things. Um, when I'm not, that's where I get into a lot of trouble because that's where I pursue the vices that have you know been with me for a long, long time, and that's where it gets really bad. Right. So, you know, and and, and I was just when I was take, taking my notes on this before we started, um, I was just thinking like, when I do realize like. Like let's let's use my pool again. I'm sitting there up by myself, um, and I realize, man, I, I feel really alone in this moment. Uh, woe is me. But I I hate the woe is me. I hate woe is me. So mm. I get angry. So that so mm. like it, it becomes this like uh, woe is me. Oh, I'm not angry. Now I'm gonna go grab a beer from the 
beer fridge up at the pool you know what i mean so it's like this uh, it's this it's this weird cycle that happens to me so i better keep myself busy in, in good creative ways i better continue to have good conversations with people because that helps me to not feel alone because if i don't i i i you know veer towards destruction well and you just mm. did, you just made a perfect example of the emotional cup that if you don't have attention or you don't have intimacy or affection by having company in a given moment that goes to that's a hurt and that goes to anger mm -hmm. what comes out of anger okay well i'm gonna have a few drinks and guess what that's only gonna amplify that anger right and that is one of the things that people mm -hmm. do is they turn to like you said vices in mm -hmm. general mm -hmm. right you know they can get lost food. in alcohol they can get lost in drugs right. they can get lost in food they can get lost in gambling Sex, they can get lost in fantasy sports what lost in dabbling in fine right. all things in moderation right but that's a great example brian of it's a hurt mm -hmm. is it a big deal no it's it's whatever it is sure yours goes to hurt somebody else might go to guilt somebody else might go to fear mine and goes then, to anger what did i say hurt. guilt hurt oh yeah. your hurt goes to right. anger correct um hmm. and another important point to make is you know so like the idle mind is a devil's playground or whatever you said as far mm -hmm. as that yeah. goes there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. And I and I maybe we should have made that a point. It's okay mm -hmm. to be alone mm -hmm. when you want to be. Right. It's when and you, sometimes you sometimes you have to be. Or if you're made to feel alone. Right. Well, therein lies the hurt. Right. Eric, what about you? What are your Actually, your, well, I have a question cuz on here you on under the uh, what not to do when you're alone. Number 5 is turn to achievements. What mm -hmm. does that mean? And it's just another form of advice. That's the you know, well, I got nobody around me. I'm going to go succeed. I'm going to go work out at the workaholic, gym. Right. Workaholic. Workaholic. Yeah, yeah, okay. Get that okay. promotion. Like, I may not have anybody around me, but I'm the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and the reason, or, and or, the reason why nobody's around me is because I'm so awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, they just can't keep them on my level. That is not me. <laughs> no, you have never coped that way. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting because... Uh, I'm not really, uh, to be honest, I'm not really sure. And I did think about this because, like, you know, when I do feel alone, I feel alone most when I think about kind of how I, I got to where I am. We've talked about this many times. Um, you know, I'm not a learned college university guy. I'm, you know, kind of God. a self-made man guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Um and but I do like see other people that succeed and and um, are better at, at some soft skills that I just don't have and I'm fine with it like you know in, in the grand scheme of things I'm fine with it but there are times where I'm in the in the room and I'm I'm in a room full of people and I feel super alone um, and then, so how do you historically and how have you learned to properly react in those moments historically. I probably I don't know if bitter is the right word. I know you have on here as you well, become. They, they, you don't have to bitter. pick from the list. You can just talk. I know, but I'm just <laughs> but I'm trying to but I'm trying to figure out what it is. Like, right. uh, you know, I think you shrink and escape. Shrink and escape. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you, you shrink back into yourself, and you're like, well, I don't deserve to not be lonely. Well, I was gonna say it's definitely self condemnation. Right. Right. And then what do you escape? Uh, video games. Sure. Um, Go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and now it's more of like, I just know from 
us talking and and thinking rationally and getting you know good comfort of you know you are where you are because you've worked really hard at it and you know like you know just you know justifying everything that i've done but acknowledging it and and hearing that from the people that you know i love the most has has been the most beneficial um so that way like so it's receiving not only comfort but affirmation from others absolutely because like you know now like when i'm in a room you know full of people like i'm the expert in the room of my craft of what i do not minecraft right my craft makes more sense um yeah i hate minecraft um but yeah it's it's one of those things where i can speak from conf- more confidently now um because i am more comfortable because i have been comforted mm-hmm. um yeah for me especially growing up it stopped a little bit as i got a little bit older i mean i matured a little bit but if i if you made me feel alone oh i was taking you down with me you know if, if i felt like i was excluded if i felt like i was insulted if i was made fun of scorched earth yeah i mean and it got bad i mean that's I, sarcastic um oh, I, and i know your weak spot mm-hmm. and i'll find it and i mean there's things i've said to people gosh i mean only a whole lot of healing has helped me not beat myself up over them because mm-hmm. and i mean brian you always you're very proud of how horrifically evil my mind can be at times as far as tearing somebody <laughs> to shreds. What I don't say is some of the scariest things in the world to Brian. Brian's not afraid of anything. Um, but he's very <laughs> impressed, at least, with that. And that's because I spent a lot of years, you know, the youngest of five in a family that was normal till 12, me, 12, that got turned upside down due to a midlife crisis. That's your survival mechanism. Right. And so that's how I dealt with being alone is I'm going to make everybody else feel alone. And guess what? Mm. Now we're all in this together. Yay. <laughs> uh, not productive. Um, so I don't even have that listed as one of the things not to do. Don't go scorched earth on everybody around you. <laughs> I don't know if anybody out there thinks that's a good idea. Um, you know, and now it's just being open and being vulnerable. Um, mm. and, and you guys have said it's hard to comfort me, you know, because the minute I start to talk, one, I don't always give you the chance. But two, you're always like, is he grading me? Is he grading me? Am I doing it right? Is this the right way to do it? Um, but I have to push myself to be vulnerable um, to do that. So we did have one mm-hmm. faithful uh, participant here at the table, a former uh, in-person person at the table yeah. mm-hmm. by the name of Marilyn Pleskowski, which let's give a shout out to Marilyn and Bob. Bob has retired from the Army. He has been retired for about just short of a year. Love Bob. But on their own dime, they're at Fort Benning this weekend. Hope this isn't confidential. Love Maryland, too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they are at a Gold Star family so, oh. weekend. Um, wow. And it's, again, they, yeah. they've been to them in the past yeah. when he was employed by the Army. Right. But they're going back to, wow. to love and to, to comfort. Man, that's a serve. big deal. That is a big deal. I was at one with them inadvertently this summer down at uh the gateway clipper fleet yes you were we went on the same cruise they happened to be doing the gold star event we wow. ran into maryland and bob um when we were doing Brian my dad's rolls birthday. around with a beer in his hands everybody having a good time <laughs> <laughs> sorry for your loss <laughs> gold star that sounds pretty cool yeah I wish I gold star. <laughs> how do i get one <laughs> some guy throws brian off the boat yeah um so shout out to them mary lynn answered good for them that's awesome and she said, the way she does it poorly is uh, staying alone, mm. that removing herself from 
those who have hurt her or have left her feeling alone and just for lack of a better term checking out mm-hmm. and then cycling and spiraling and escalating the hurt mm-hmm. so dwelling on it mm-hmm. keeping it internal mm-hmm. and she was very astute she said staying alone physically mentally and or emotionally yeah and if you think about it we have four needs four groups of needs in our life physical spiritual which she doesn't mention spiritual which i don't you know i guess you could stop praying would be one way to not have your spiritual needs met Mm -hmm. she doesn't mention that but she mentions mentally which to me is intellectually Mm -hmm. and emotionally so when you just take that away you're saying i don't need anything from anybody Mm -hmm. and i'm going to be my own world Mm -hmm. well that's not how we're created right it's it's a self-protection mechanism yeah it's there's somebody that i know um we know that it's th- not Chris, but Chris isn't here. No. He's a little under the weather, yeah. but <laughs> no, could be. It, I don't know. Brian and I haven't. It could about be this. me. I'm right here. No, it, it, it's not. It's not anybody in this room. It's not Chris. But this person, I, I've never seen somebody fight harder to be alone in when they're when they're feeling hurt, when they're feeling alone. Um, the 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 way that they retreat and kind of implode in on themselves. Mm is is pretty incredible and uh like i can't i can fathom that because i every once in a while get to that point where it's like i do it for like 20 minutes i'm like what am i doing you know is that gonna go anywhere good no no so but there's people that live there chronically and 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 in some cases sometimes i think that they seek that out because that's where they're 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 most comfortable in their own misery in their own prison and that's all they know it yeah. Right. It's it's a hurt. This, this is a safe spot, even though it's a terrible, dark. It's the darkness prison. I know. Right. Right. The devil you know versus the devil you don't, or the devil you don't want to face. Right. Mm. And again, we're not judging. Right. That's no, not at all. Your condition to get to that place where I can just sit here and, and as Marilyn said, y- you don't get healthy there. You know, you spiral, you cycle, and it gets worse and worse. Now, what she said she does do is stop, which I think is great. You know, she said it quickly in her comment, but I stop, you know, and, and as much as I talk about our feelings and everything else, we do need to engage our brain and sort of say, okay, wait, why do I feel this way right now? What need wasn't met? Well, who hurt me? And why is this this way? And we'll get to that more in the what to do's. But she said, stop and reach out. That's her first thing to reach out, which goes to being open and vulnerable. Now, you may not have that somebody to reach out to, which we've talked about in the past, and sometimes you have to be that person before you can have that person. But, you know, Marilyn's got those people. Mm-hmm. And so she can reach right. out and be vulnerable, which, again, is counterintuitive. Because if you're alone, you got hurt by someone. So now it's scary to reach out, but that is what is healthy. And then she said something interesting, which was to think of others. I stop and I think of others. And she didn't expand on that, but being her brother, I will. One, it gives you empathy for others mm-hmm. and gives you perspective. Our good friend Joseph Jason, each week we talk about Joseph, not each week, but his whole thing is perspective. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but what about his perspective? <laughs> um, if he wasn't twice my size and I was more of a violent person, I would poke him in the chest and say, it's not all about perspective, <laughs> Joseph Jason. But you can understand a little bit better, A, okay, this might be where they are and this is why it happened, you know, if you're thinking of others and how have others dealt with it and it gives you a connection to somebody else. Okay, I'm not the only one suffering. Now, 
I hate, let's just get this out on the table. We could do a whole podcast on this. Well, others have it worse. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, that's a very arrogant statement. Because you're saying at least I don't have it as bad as that poor bastard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It makes it like, well, yeah, but you still have it bad. I had a a teacher the other day, a coach, former coach, just saying how bad his school year is. And he's like, but I know, you know, I'm not a Marine and I'm not a frontline worker and I'm not of this. I'm like, yeah, but it, it still sucks right now for you. So perspective can be tricky. Um, But what is so important about reaching out and thinking of others is that connection. I'm reading a book called The Body Remembers. It turns out to be a pretty famous book. I'm actually now almost almost a fourth of the way through. My goodness. Who are you? I don't even know you anymore. That's right. But they talk about, you know, disassociation. Mm-hmm. And that is sort of like the third level of reaction. Like, number one is, okay, cognitive. Let's think about, okay, I'm, I've been hurt. You know, in, this, in the book, it's about trauma. You know, then you get into fight or flight. Okay, I'm angry or I'm depressed. I'm going to fight this or I'm going to, you know, check out. And then the last one is you just shut down. That's like in shock or mm-hmm. whatever else. Well, the same happens in relationships. You just sever it. I'm done. I'm not making any new relationships. And Marilyn's point of reaching out and empathizing, you're, if you're empathizing for somebody else, you're connecting with them. Mm-hmm. And that is what's vital. Mm-hmm. And that is going to solve it. You know, pouring yourself into somebody else when you're lonely you know, is going to reestablish connections that at one point in time have been severed by other people in mm-hmm. that moment. It can't mm-hmm. just be one way and you can't you know, go on from there. Mm-hmm. But we do have a comment. Do we not? We do. From Jess. Good old Jess. We know Jess. We do know Jess. Visit Jess at Mohan's. That's right. One of my favorite places. Um, But she says, after my third babe was born, I found it incredibly hard to go out in public from the physicality of getting all three and myself out of the house. Yep. (laughs) Um, To the stairs and comments from plenty of folks about my having so many babies at once. F them. (laughs) My blessing of becoming a mother multiplied so fast. It's strange to folks who don't know my journey. I found myself diving into my remote work to keep my mind busy with adult things, non-baby oriented, stopped taking daily walks, stopped answering phone calls and texts because I didn't want anyone to know I wasn't the happy, articulate, easygoing person I always was. Wait, I want you to stop. Yeah. Because, man, Jess, A, my heart breaks for you because the blessing that you received became the burden mm. and not because of just who they are, which yeah. yes, kids are a burden and a blessing. You know, the 5% of the time they're awesome makes up for the 95% of the time they're <laughs> yeah, not that's true. times three. So <laughs> you do the math. So my heart breaks for that, but you are the poster child for 99% of mothers in this social age. Yeah. That, you know, yeah, you're not prim and proper and posting things on Instagram of here was our play date today and everything else. Right. You're mucking and grinding just to get through a day. Yeah. And we're forced into a shell of I'm just going to hide out. So, yeah, you are not alone. My goodness. And that is so much of what the social age has done to people. Yeah. You can continue. So, yeah. She goes on to say just the shell of myself yeah. that felt alone. It's been about a year since I moved back home, and it took months of being around my family and being honest with how I was feeling outwardly, no longer holding it in for only myself to feel. In my experience, the worst thing you can do is the worst thing you can do is keep it inside and hide yourself away. Talk to your family and friends, and they will get a better sense of checking in more or taking time 
out to enjoy a walk, a phone call, or a cup of coffee. And that's huge because, like, that is the being open, honest, and vulnerable of, of what we talk about. Like, that is literally what that is, and that leads to being comforted. Like, if you put yourself out there and you and you do get that vulnerable, like, that's the only way that you're going to have the opportunity to be And odds are they're not going to do it right. We get it. <laughs> yeah, like, right. they're going to give you facts, logic, and reason. They're going to give you advice. They're going to tell you, oh, well, you should have known what it was like when I had you. And But yet, if you don't, you got no shot. Right. You know, um, man, <laughs> Jess, thank you so much for sharing that and personifying what we're trying to say here, which is you reached out to loved ones and you got real and you said like, this is where I am. This is what I'm going through. And praise God, you had people who at least helped you get through that and continue to get through that. Um, I stand by my statement that I said from the pulpit that every, that I get to hear a lot of people's stories. And most people's stories is that their life is a dumpster fire and they're just trying to get through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw some noses wrinkle when I said it in church, but that's the truth. Like yeah. Everybody's just trying to get through it. Yeah. And I like that you reiterate, reiterated just that to the worst thing is to stay alone or to find a home in alone. Yeah. Because you're worth more than that. I did miss a, like going back, sorry, what not to do when you're alone. My biggest, one of my biggest ones is number four, turn to substances, and that's food for mm-hmm. me. Like, we all, if you've been a long time listener, you know I, I have a, a struggle with food, and that has been um, definitely a place that I turn. Like, if I'm alone, dude, if you're alone in your house, dude, that, like, to me, the fridge is just calling my name, or mm. I'm calling the pizza guy, mm. you know, like that kind of thing. So, that that's definitely somewhere I've turned before, right? For sure, yeah, yeah. The vices are big for lots of people. I mean, it can be online <laughs> shopping. I mean, because you get that little endorphin rush of "Ooh, I have a package coming" and and whatever else. Um, and we talked about isolation. Certainly not a good thing to do. Um, the, the one of the things we do that is not effective in keeping ourselves from feeling alone is stealing emotional needs. So we're alone because we have an emotional need not met or taken from you. I mean, that's what being alone is. It's being hurt. And if you're hurt, you feel alone. Yeah. And so what the, what people will do, just like a drowning person, is latch on to anything. And, you know, so you don't, nobody's paying attention to you. So how would you steal that emotional need if nobody's paying attention to you? What are some ways? Mm-hmm. Think of your like mother. You're talking about Think crying out for attention. Think of your mothers. If you, if your mothers were like, oh, they don't call me anymore. They never call. They're just too busy. They don't care about their mother. Sally and Aunt, they're just not being paid attention to. Right. If they were going to steal that need for attention, what are they going to do? Well, there's multiple things. <laughs> Eric's like, I, let me bring up this one. <laughs> no, it's it's more of like forced, well, what feels to be forced and like forced time together, you know, trying to put a, a square peg in a round hole. Um trying to get the most out of an event that you can. Um, meaning like if, if we want to go see a movie, well, how about movie and dinner and then dessert at a sure. separate place after, you know, like it just keeps on going. Right. Um, and you know, that's cause there's a high sense of belonging there and attention and there's, that's what it is. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my example. Yeah. And it's, it's phone calls. It's text. If, if you're not calling them enough, they're going to call you six mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with that is it doesn't satiate the person that feels lonely. 
because deep down in their heart, they know, well, I'm the one that called, but yet they can't help themselves. And again, this isn't just about mothers or whatever else. Mm -hmm. If your knee is affection, guess what you start doing? Run around hugging everybody, you know, and you're even just high-fiving and everything else. Right. But it doesn't satiate. So then you end up feeling even more alone. And God forbid you go hug that one person and they're like, ugh, get away from me. And you're like, Mm -hmm. well, (laughs) now I'm three steps back. Or if you're that person who needs respect. So you're going to go steal out a need for respect, and you're going to tell everybody how smart you are and everything else, and all they want to do is get away from you because mm. nobody likes to blow hard. Right. Mm-hmm. So it leaves you feeling alone. And so we don't want to steal emo- uh, our emotional needs to get those met. Certainly becoming bitter and just that goes into being alone, but just finding what's wrong with everybody and making them the villain. Mm. There's so much of that right now. I feel like that's all you see when you get on social media. Like, I feel like that's the nail on the head right there. Like if, if you could crystallize why we're where we are, why we are where we are. There's a lot of reasons for that, but bitterness is really how it's manifesting right now. And it's such an evil that destroys the rest of the tree. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it's that piece of fruit that destroys the rest of that entire tree. That's how bad bitterness is. And I feel like that's all we're seeing right now because there's been so much hurt that's been publicly put out there over the past, you know, 10 years, especially because up until that time. Yeah. I mean, you had stuff on differences. The, you did, but it wasn't every single moment every single tweet and now you just see everybody's bitterness and hurt that's compounding on bitterness and hurt you know and like you often think of like a civil war how did they get to that point how does a brother kill a brother over and over and over just bitterness Hmm. and it's not good it's not good um don't do bitterness. <laughs> no, I know we're all, you know, we're Christians that do a podcast and it's not a Christian podcast, but it is like, there are times where I like, I'm not looking at that other person with God's eyes. Like it is through eyes of bitterness and like, yeah, what you're saying, Brian definitely resonates with me. There's some people that are very hard to love right now. The great philosopher, Mike Sorrentino once said that if you plant bitter seeds, <coughs> you can't expect sweet fruit. The grateful dead. <laughs> In their song, Franklin's Tower, you plant ice, you're going to harvest wind. Well, that makes no sense. You plant in ice, you're going to oh, harvest wind. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say you're going to have watery You soil. plant in ice, you're going to harvest wind. Like, it's just, you you can't, there's a, there's a there's certain no condition harvest. that comes from, with Cold, a good harvest, bitter. and if you're, if you're not, like you said, Eric, you're... There's a certain there's a certain way that humans are supposed to flourish, and then there's everything else that we see in this world. And again, if as Christians, you know, we fail to look at people through the eyes of our Creator, who understands love and mercy and grace, then all we will only see that bitterness. We will only see that hurt, and we will only compound that. And I just I think about what you were saying a little bit earlier, Jay, about. Empathy, that was a really good point, is even in your hurts, if you can empathize with somebody, that that is it's like an engaging, like it engages you. It sure helps does. you gives you life. You know, and, and like I, I, I sometimes tell people if if I had a superpower, it would be I would be an empath. You know, like I, I feel Ooh. 
It's like, scary though. It is. Yeah, it's all oh, to live though. It's it, it's it's almost like it's it's one of those blessings and curses because you feel so deeply the world around you and what people like you know energy or whatever. And that can be really good, and that can be really, really tough to take, you know. But we are that. To, I mean, if we're doing what we do in this podcast, yeah. you are an empath. You're yeah. looking around, and when somebody says, "But I'll be fine," right? You know, and you're the one that goes, uh, "You know what, though? I wish, I wish you were fine already." Right? What right. is right. Like, not made you fine right now? Right. right. So let's let's transition a little bit because um, I think we've gone over a lot of the negative, yeah. And let's let's bring it home with the positive and yeah. the things that we are do and the first is and it's almost still seems almost negative um but you got to seek to heal a lot of the past hurts which are getting in the way of real relationships because if you're alone and you're alone so you're made you know you're hurt and you go who can i reach out to like just had her family and friends great mm-hmm. if you're sitting there and you go oh wow i have nobody well there's a lot of healing that's got to happen you know you're probably very raw and there's a lot of places you can be hurt because you've been so hurt and until you heal the past hurts we're not going to stop fanning the flames of present hurts you know we've got to quiet the past hurts right so that the present hurts don't hurt as much now that's a long time that could be be an afternoon that's a life tired journey yeah but it's got to it's got to happen right yeah or you're just always going to be hurt and number two is to seek to mend relationships that you've caused to be broken Mm. You know, there are a lot of people who are alone because they've made a lot of bad choices. Mm-hmm. You look at any person that's in recovery. What's one of the step? One of the twelve steps is mend relationships. Mm. There has to be healing, and you know, and very often it, it doesn't work. Mm. <laughs> you know, like they're like, "Great, good for you. Get out. I don't trust you. Right. Fine." Right. But in those, there there is things that are broken that are put back together. Very often are stronger. Mm-hmm. And so, whole point of working out, you know, you, you break, shred you those break muscles. down your muscles, and they come back. Yep. Um, and so, if you have broken relationships, but then you go back and you are open and you are honest and you truly try to understand how you hurt them, mm-hmm. not just seek forgiveness, but right. seek understanding. That relationship may be stronger than all the other surface relationships you have right now. Right. And that will go a long way towards having someone. That will help you in the future as you are alone. Brian, can you speak to number three? Sure. Number three, seek real relationships rather than surface ones. Um, and I think in some ways this can tie into number two and what you just said about, you know, mending relationships, them being stronger, because I think oftentimes in that situation let's just start from that point okay you've 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 um you've gone back and now now you have to prove it you've hurt somebody deeply they've you've asked for forgiveness they've given it to you but now you've got to prove that over time you got back to zero now you let's got get back the to positive. Zero. so and that can be like that can be a thrust for hey this is how it becomes stronger and now we're both stronger because now we're both trusting each other we're both building each other up um but I think that in so many ways, this world is so hurt because there is, we live in such a superficial society mm. it, it, from, you know, you watch the football game tonight and you're going to see a hundred different commercials. It's fleeting. It's, it's all promising you something that 
you you'll never find and and we do that with relationships we jump on twitter we go to the bar we go to church and and we try to you know either force a relationship that's not going to be there um or we just don't even recognize that we don't have those authentic relationships. So what does make an authentic relationship? What is something that's, how do you, how do you find a relationship that's not superficial? Well, and I, I like what you're saying about where our world is today. And I think of the futuristic documentary, uh, the Lego movie, mm-hmm. where the theme song is. Everything is awesome. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it's almost predictive of our future. And it, and it goes into our last two points, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's being open and honest. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Like, there's not a lot of openness, mm-hmm. not a lot of honesty. You know, everything is superficial. Right. And so to have that real relationship is when somebody says to you, how are you doing? And you go, you know what? I'm not great today. Right. Because they, nobody says that. Right. Or it's the person that, back to number one, stealing emotional needs, it's all they ever say. Mm-hmm. You know, but if, you just, if, you're, if you're superficial and you say to somebody, you know what? I'm not okay. Yep. Being honest, like I'm not okay. Hey, the world isn't ending. But it ain't great right now. It really is amazing. And people when, go, oh. Oh, sorry. No, that's all. Yeah, it really is amazing because I'm really good at the, I'm really good at, at getting people off their guard by just being like, I could sit down and have a conversation with somebody for half an hour, and it's like we've we formed such a, a great connection, you know. Um, but a lot of the times it's me saying, here's one of my cards I'm going to lay on the table. And people are like, they get really taken aback by that honesty. Mm-hmm. They get really taken aback by somebody who's like, "Yeah, I'm an I'm an idiot, but um, I'm moving forward," you know. And like, I think so many people are so bent on looking pretty and looking like you said, everything is awesome. That when you do, when you are able to just right from the beginning or or on a consistent basis, go, you know what, I'm a disaster. But here's what has a lot you know here here's what i'm working towards here's what i've come to conclude here's what god's doing through me like when you can get to that start to get to that kind of level and just show people you're not all put together that's really welcoming to other people because they're like ah i'm not put together either or they, i don't have to be perfect right or maybe i don't have to be right you know they'll dab their sure, toe sure, in sure 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 um mm. yeah it ain't rocket science right Mm-mm. but it's just not done but right. the beauty of it is because it's not done it speaks louder yeah yeah and that leads to being honest, leads to being vulnerable. And really, the number one thing is to seek comfort. When you, The only way to heal hurts is to have somebody join you in your emotion. Mm-hmm. And that is how you keep from feeling alone, is to re-engage, to be open, to be honest, and then to have comfort attached mm-hmm. to that grief. Right. Um, if you are out there, what? React, adapt. <laughs> re-adapt. <laughs> yes, Michael Scott. Brings it home for us. But we would love to have you sit with us um, here at the table. Yes. And you can share your alone story. And if you would like to be a guest, we've been we've gone a while without a guest and we're gonna go a few more weeks without one. And I think that was that was due. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a seat here uh, ready for you if you want to share your story and give us the opportunity to come yes. alongside you and let you be real. If you go, oh, well, not me. No, no, no. Yeah. my story's not that interesting. Like, I'm fascinated by Jess's story. And Jess, you're welcome to come and share it a little bit further. So and you're also welcome yeah. not to. Right. Um, <laughs> but reach out to us and let us know. Yeah. yeah. That would be really cool. Like, and like if we were like a traditional podcast, hey, we're going to do a contest. Who's going to get on here? You know what I mean? Like, who's going to come on and tell their story? 
but it would be super sweet. It would be super awesome for somebody out there or somebody's out there to contact us and say, yeah, I, let, let's sit down and, and try to figure this out. Let's sit down because I don't why have, am I so I, I don't have I don't somebody. know why I'm right. alone. And, and not even like, why am I such a mess? But and it, we like, like we, we, because that's really all we're doing here, letting you in on a little secret. That's really what we do a lot of times here amongst ourselves. I come in here like, why am I such a disaster in this area? Right. And so we have this conversation and I walk out of here going, ah, okay. That's why. So if you want to come sit at this table and talk to us in that way, it, it would be fantastic. Yes, and uh, I believe that is it for episode 127. Please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeinrealm.com. While there, take our relational needs questionnaire, which if you want to be on the show, if you want to sit at the table, uh, we would love if you would take that questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. We will see you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye. And I'm like, yeah, but what about his perspective? Why am I such a mess? Then you sort of smell the sulfur later. Gold star. That sounds pretty cool. I'm an idiot. I'm a disaster. Hey, we're going to do a contest. I had a pinky full and it was delicious. <laughs> and Joy's strong. She's fine.